Just a friendly reminder that if you would like to support the ministries of this podcast or of the local church in which I serve, you may send any donations to 563 East Main Street, Philadelphia, Mississippi, 39350. So we find ourselves living in a world that, if you're not careful, can be a little disheartening. You can find yourselves easily, ourselves easily misled, going down the wrong path. We live in a world that is more divided than I can ever recall. In my short 34 years of life, a world where persons find themselves proclaiming that what they desire to be true is the truth. And this goes over an array of issues, whether it be COVID or Black Lives Matter, Trump, Biden, the Capitol, human trafficking, unemployment, white privilege, and an array of other issues that we saw shit come to light in 2020 and throughout this year even. But what we see is that for many people, and myself included, that there are often times where we fall to the side of what I desire to be true is true. And we can find someone or something on either side of any issue proclaiming that what they have is the truth. And oftentimes, we align ourselves with those that proclaim what we desire to be true with what benefits us, with what pacifies our wants, our desires, even our prejudices and biases, and and we find ourselves unwilling to hear the other side. We are in a world that, in a time when our lives are filled with so much noise and screaming that we cannot even discern the real from the fake. That if you click online, if you turn on the radio, turn on your television, there is so much noise coming from both sides that it can be difficult to realize what is true and what is not. When the reality is, is as I was so often told when a he said, she said argument arises, that there's probably three sides to the argument, his side, her side, and the truth. We find ourselves going to one side or the other and not being able to discern what is real and what is fake. What, and what is more alarming to me is that in our current climate, in our current world, it would point to the fact that we have not only lost the ability to differentiate true from fake, but we have, di- we have lost the ability to differentiate the call of society from the call of God. And with that in mind, I want us to hear these words from 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, where we hear about Samuel, who was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of God was rare in those days. This is what 1 Samuel 3, 1 says, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so he could not see, was lying down in in his room. And the lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord calls to him and says, Samuel. And Samuel responds, I am he- here I am. And he ran into Eli's room and he says, here I am, did you call me? But Eli says, I didn't call you, go lay down. And he went and laid down and the Lord calls again, Samuel, get up. 
And Samuel goes, gets up and he goes back to Eli and he says, here I am, you called me. But Eli says again, I didn't call you, go lay down. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so when the Lord called Samuel again a third time, he says, get up. And he went and he got, and he, as he got up and he went into Eli and he said, here I am because I know you called me. And Eli perceives that the Lord was calling Samuel. And therefore, Eli says to Samuel, go lie down, and if you hear this voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. And now the Lord came and stood there calling as before. But this time Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, see, I, see what I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell his vision to Eli. But when Eli said, asked Samuel what he had heard, when he said, here I am, Eli said, what is it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also if you are hiding anything. And so Samuel told him. Then he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall on the ground. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our text begins with this phrase that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. And as I look around, I think we can all proclaim that the word, or the world rather, is not as it should be. And now the why as to this is how this is the case may differ for all of us. We may perceive it differently. But I would dare say that for many of us, this statement is applicable in our current climate and to our current lives. We have found ourselves in a place where either God's word is rare or we're not listening. And I would lean towards the latter. I would lean towards the fact that God is speaking. And oftentimes God is weeping and God's heart is broken for God's creation but that we have turned a deaf ear to his cry. Or we find ourselves hearing God's voice, but we don't know that it's God. And we allow others to translate it for us, or we write it off because it doesn't align with our own wants and desires, with our own perceptions of truth. And we subscribed and find ourselves as disciples of, or believing in whatever quote-unquote truth we desire. We have become disciples of media, political parties, and agendas, or even of self. And for many of us, we have lost sight of the one that we proclaim to follow. 
We have turned a deaf ear when Christ speaks truth, love, grace, and mercy, and instead follow those shouts of the other, those shouts that proclaim our own wants and desires. And this is so apparent in the, by the absence of truth, love, grace, and mercy in our current world and in our current climate. We hear, but we are not listening. It, it's, I mean, we all know, we've all had this, heard this before from our parents or our spouse or whoever. I know, I know you hear me, but are you listening? It's the difference of just having the audible sensation, but actually learning and, and digesting what is going into our ears is the listening. Ultimately, what we're hearing is a, is a call and a question of obedience, which is what marks true discipleship. A question of not only do we hear, but do we listen? And does what we listen to change how we conduct our lives? You see, the problem is, is we have found ourselves listening to the cries of man, listening to our own wants and desires, and just hearing God's voice. Are we willing to listen? Because for many of us, our lives align more with our own wants and desires, our own belief of truth, than that of kingdom living. God is speaking, but are we willing to proclaim as Samuel does, speak, God, for your servant is listening? I think for many of us, we find ourselves approaching God's voice with a wait and see mentality. We find ourselves thinking things like, oh, I'll wait and see if it's what I want. If it's beneficial to me and to my and people like me, as long as I don't have to change or really do anything, I'll listen. But Samuel says, your servant is listening. Not, God, let me hear what you have to say, and then I'll tell you if I want to receive it or not. But speak, God, for your servant is listening. His response to God's call is not some grand speech or some march, but it, it begins with listening. And in a time of division and polarization, when our society is our judge of what is right and wrong, are we willing to listen to the voice of God or even to the voice of the other? You see, we have become a world that is willing to hear, but we are not willing to listen. And how can we know the voice of truth, the voice of God, when we hear it? Out of interest, I posted this question on Facebook this past week. And there's a lot of common responses, one which was the turn to the scriptures. People would say things like, if it's in the scripture, then it's of God. And if it's not in the scripture, then it's not of God. And while I do agree that the scripture is a key source of discerning God's call for God's creation and God's heart, we must be willing to acknowledge and aware of how our own biases, our own desires, our own prejudices, our own current situations can manipulate the lens through which we interpret Scripture. And to say that it doesn't would be naive. And we must be willing to make sure that we are not interpreting the Scripture through the lens of culture, but we are allowing the Scripture to search our culture. Our culture. 
and allowing Scripture to be the lens through which we view culture, using Scripture to maintain the status quo of hate, division, and neglect that we see in our current culture and climate is what we oftentimes do because we view it through the lens of our culture instead of viewing culture through the lens of Scripture. A quick test that one of my friends told me to help us with that is that the voice of the culture often turns inward to serve self. So if we're reading scripture and it is always proclaiming our own wants and desires, our own likes, our own thoughts, it is always proclaiming what benefits us. It's probably coming from the, our, we're viewing it through the lens of culture. Whereas the voice of God often challenges the self. It says this is what, where it shines a light in our lives and shows those areas of darkness and those areas of purge and those areas of sin that we need to remove. In our current world, we can easily become overwhelmed and persuaded by the noise of external translations. We find ourselves filling our heads and our hearts with the news and the biases, the prejudices, the popular opinions and cultural interpretations, and we listen to the other instead of engaging the primary source. We, we find ourselves listening to what others say as opposed to going to God. We have allowed our culture to interpret God instead of allowing God to interpret our culture. And we have degraded into a cultural interpretation of God. And we, are wor- and we find ourselves worshiping culture, a culture that seeks to serve the individual, and falling into everyone seeking to serve self Instead of acting in love of all, we find ourselves worshiping our culture. You see, as we look at the message that God gave to Samuel, the message was that Eli's children were not faithful priests, that they they weren't being celibate as they were called to. They didn't observe the proper festivals. And and they would even, if they saw a piece of meat being sacrificed that they wanted, they would just reach in, grab it, and take it for themselves. And they said that what has happened, and God says that Eli was aware of this. And see, this is what has happened in our culture, is that we see what is going on, but because it doesn't hurt us or because it does benefit us, we don't call it what it is, and and we accept it and say, this is good, this is right. But God is speaking and saying, no, no. And God is speaking truth. You see, the message that Samuel has is not the message that the culture wanted to hear or even that Eli wanted to hear. It was promoted. It's not the one that promotes the way of self. It's not one that promoted the way in which Scripture had been used to oppress the other or abuse power or, or, to, or how the church had done so, but it was one that said God is exposing this suppression and even the culture, saying that while, yes, it is of the culture, the culture is wrong. So what do we do? What do we do when God speaks these hard truths into our lives? Do we write it off as fake news, as, as, but that's just the way it is? 
one of my dear friends, Larry Hilliard, a district superintendent in our church, in our United Methodist Church, said it this way. He says, I'm always perplexed when people say they're praying for God's will when they already know what they want. And then when something different happens, it's an attack on Christianity. And he says, maybe God's will was different than ours. You see, this is the problem is that we have aligned our wants and desires to that of God's. Instead of aligning, instead of saying that we want to align ourselves with God, we say, God, you come and align yourself with me. This call is not about privilege, but it's about being faithful and speaking truth to power. Not the cultural truth, but God's everlasting truth. We need to learn for ourselves how to listen to what God is saying. Because spiritual direction is more about listening than responding. But we live in a world that we are so quick to respond and not listen. Listen to other, listen to God, listen to anyone, because we already know better. What are we doing to hear the call of God in our lives? Is the word and vision of God rare, as rare today as it was then? How can we retrain our ears and our eyes to hear and see God? As English writer E.M. Forster, a man who wrote many novels looking at and naming the injustices in his society, said, we must be willing to go to let go of the life that we have planned so that we so as to have the life that is waiting for us in a f- world of competing narratives and quote unquote facts and news reports where truth seems to be subjective to the individual we must center and silence ourselves to hear the voice of god speaking proclaiming god's everlasting truth into our lives we must disconnect from this from the world from social media, from the news outlets, from those other ways in which the truth or the world is speaking its quote unquote truth and filling our heads and our hearts with noise so that we may connect to God through prayer and scripture. And we must ask God to silence our own wants and desires so that we may hear God's wants and desires for us and for God's creation. As we grow in relationship with God, allowing God to speak for God's self, instead of us saying, God, I think I know what you want, saying, asking God, what is your desire for me? And then we can ask the question, is it something that Jesus would say or desire? Because we're not putting our own lens on who God is, but we are allowing God to speak for God. As I have spent time in relationship and in, in, in prayer with God, I've come to realize that I truly, what I truly believe the answer of, how I can answer is, of is it of God? Answering the question, is it of God? Because I believe that as Scripture says, that God is love. So in order to fulfill, is it of God? Is to come? Is is it from a place of love? Are we acting from places of love? Are we going and doing from places of love? Because if it is not of, from a place of love, then I would dare say it is not of God. My friends, I believe that the word of God is not rare. We have just allowed the screams of division 
and hate, biases and prejudices of this world and of the other to drown out God's call to love. Oh God, silence our own wants and desires. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds to your call this day that we may proclaim, speak, for your servant is listening. Amen and amen.